0: Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show.
1: Classic Hits.
0: Catherine Fulvio is the founder of the Ballynockin House and Cookery School and an award-winning author of six cookbooks and has many TV series under her belt as well. And she joins me on the line. She's also, by the way, the brand ambassador for Aldi for Christmas as well. Good afternoon to you, Catherine
1: Happy Christmas, Miles.
0: Happy Christmas to you. And I, we needed to get somebody on. Well, actually, this wasn't my idea. I'm going to be completely honest with you, Catherine. Because oh, now the girls, I wasn't seemed...
1: your choice. No, no,
0: but no, no. You, no, you were my choice. But the girls insisted that I get somebody on to teach me how to cook because I've taken to cooking over the last few years. But I'm not too sure if I'm confident about the Christmas Day business. And are you
1: cooking?
0: Dinner. Uh Well, I'll get involved. Now, my other half will probably do most of the work, but I'll get involved because I'm, I'm good. I am good yeah. now. You know yeah. I mean. Okay, so where do I start? Yeah. I mean, should it be just traditional? Should I stick to the, the traditional route of the turkey, the ham, the sprouts, you know, and the traditional route?
1: That is absolutely personal choice. Some people prefer duck for Christmas Day. Some people do duck and turkey. Me, just tell you what I'm doing, I am actually this year going traditional because last year I did Beef Wellington just for a change, because okay. it's just one of those funny Sounds years, nice. and I missed the turkey. The year before, I had done Beef Wellington, in addition to the turkey, but last year, I just went to the Beef Wellington, and no, I missed the turkey. So this year, 100%, I'm doing ham, I'm doing turkey, cranberry sauce, stuffing, roast beef, roast veg, Brussels sprouts, red cabbage, um, I'm having my smoked salmon starter, and I'm having my Christmas pudding. I am all over it this oh, year. You're, you're on top of this.
0: Okay, so <laughs> let's get to the turkey first, right? Yeah. now. If I go into my local shop, which I'm going to do today, to buy a turkey, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm not getting a frozen one. That's the first thing. Is there a difference, by the way, in getting a frozen one and a fresh one? I mean, does it make a difference when at the end result?
1: Um, Some people say that frozen meat can just be that little bit tougher when it comes out of the oven. Um, But, like, really, at this point, anyway, it's close to Christmas. You've no need to buy a frozen turkey. No, okay. you just buy a fresh turkey because the turkeys that are in the shop at the moment they are they would be perfect to cook on Christmas day if you buy a frozen turkey at this stage you have to defrost it safely Nile. the only way you can defrost that is in your fridge your fridge will be full with mm. other Christmas ingredients right of course it will be so yeah, okay, I okay. Would, your turkey needs to be kept in the fridge anyway but um, I would I would go fresh Now that you're so close to
0: Christmas. Right, okay. So now, do I need to leave the turkey? Because I've heard loads of people suggesting things like leaving the turkey in a bucket of salted water the night before or something like that. Or vinegar. I don't know what they were talking about. (laughs) But do I need to do something with it? Or buttermilk or something like that. Isn't that another thing they do as well? Yeah. Do I need to leave it steeping in anything the night before? Or is it just a case of just reef the giblets out of it and stuff the thing and stick it in the oven? It depends.
1: If you want to be creative and you're going for the juiciest turkey possible, and it is only the one day of the year that you have this big celebration, put your turkey, in, make sure the bucket fits in the fridge though. All right, That's okay. the only thing. Oh, it has to be um, in the fridge.
0: You, okay, I need a yeah, big fridge. You have okay. to keep it
1: over in the fridge overnight or it wouldn't be safe to cook. So, um, or I put it in a big, massive bin liner. <laughs> now, there was a bit of a hole in the bin liner of that. the first year I did it, but we figured that was in a whole different story. Right. But um, you can brine it, which is salted water. So I do cider salt and water and I leave the turkey overnight in that. Or even if you just put breast side down in it. You know, if you had a big basin and you just put the turkey breast side down or buttermilk, definitely. Because the acid level, the the salt also softens the turkey, but the acid level in the buttermilk softens the meat too. It's great for chicken and turkey. So you could definitely do that. And you take it out the next day, you rinse it off safely um, and pat it dry. And then I don't stuff the uh, cavity. I just put flavouring in the cavity now. So I would just put in there some lemon, bay leaves, whatever you have, a mm. thyme, onion, and then that just infuses through the turkey, through the roasting. I might stuff the neck, or I'll make my stuffing separately. I'll okay, I know, I know a separately. lot of people
0: stuff the skin, so they, they shove the stuffing in under the skin. Is that a thing, is that, is that advisable?
1: Yeah, absolutely, you can definitely do that, and it's really nice then when you carve it through, but I don't, and i tell you why. It's a bit of an effort um, to do that, to get the, the um, stuffing in under the skin. And really it's only the people that get those few slices on the outside that are going to enjoy it. But stop putting it under the skin stops the direct heat getting to the meat, which means the meat will be a little bit more moist. But you can also circumvent that by putting bacon, slices of bacon, on the top of the turkey as well. Right. So that's the other That'll way around. that
0: generate more heat, I suppose. Now, turkey, yes. some people have suggested cooking the turkey upside down. I mean, breast down, bum, you know, flat bit up. Yes. I, is that no. a thing? Are people doing that? It is a
1: that? thing. It is a thing, but no, I don't do it. I tried it one year, just I, like I do all these different experiments, obviously, and I tried it. And when I turned the turkey over, first thing to say is that it is really difficult and dangerous especially if you've had a glass of Prosecco on Christmas Day, trying to turn <laughs> a hot turkey over in scalding hot fat. Right. It's just not, I don't think it's right. I, uh, should you prop it up? Opinion. Okay, should
0: you prop it up a few onions or vegetables underneath it yeah, to keep it off the base? It.
1: The other thing I want to say to you about is cooking it breast side down, people do it to keep it moist. Um, but we were just saying you could do it the other way by putting um, bacon on top. But when you turn it over, I found it squared off the turkey and it had lost that lovely rounded look. So right. yes, the other, so yes, you could put the turkey on a trivet. So you could put it breast side up, as I would normally do, and put on a trivet. And the trivet would be cut vegetables, cut carrots, um, celery, onions, all of that, and all of those vegetables roast down and become form part of the juices of the turkey as well, right. and make gorgeous gravy.
0: Okay, so per pound, if I'm going to do a sixteen pound turkey, what what do you recommend per pound? Every every chef has a different recommendation. So what? Uh, what Twenty you...
1: minutes per pound.
0: Twenty minutes per pound. Okay.
1: Twenty. I have to work that out now for you. At um, a hundred and eighty. 180, and watch your temperature? Because if you find your turkey is browning too much on the top, again, just loosely cover the tinfoil or something just to stop it drying out too much. Um, that's the only thing you've got should, to watch. Oh, 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 should, yeah,
0: that's the last thing. Should I leave with, with the turkey, by the way? We're going to other stuff in a minute. But in relation to the turkey, should I leave the tin foil on it for the first hour or so to stop it from burning, or should I just leave the tinfoil off it altogether unless I think it's browning too much?
1: I do it the other way around. I don't put the tin foil on until later. Okay. I get it nice and brown, first of all. And then that way, then I can keep basting it as well with the juices of the turkey. Yeah. That keeps it nice and moist, and okay. those flavors will, you know. And the basting juice—I will never get onto the rest of it because I have so much to tell you about turkey now. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah,
0: we have we're, we're got miles in juice turkey is here. Lovely. Okay, now and, okay. Um, stuffing. Let's go to the stuffing. To make
1: a nice basting juice for yourself. I make mine with cider.
0: Right. What so do you I make? How cider, do you make your stuffing? Cider and stock. Okay. So, how do you make your stuffing? Breadcrumbs, parsley, stuffing. thyme, sage, traditional. That's it. Butter,
1: onion. Cook the onion first. Make sure it's lovely and soft. Or leeks. Uh, bread, and then a bit of fruit in the stuffing always goes really nice. So the two things that I add to stuffing is meat and fruit. Meat could be chorizo or pancetta or smoked bacon, which is gorgeous in it, um, if you've no vegetarians in the house. And then um, fruit is lovely in it. So that could be raisins, not my favourite in it. Dry cranberries, lovely in it. Chopped dried apricots, really nice in it. Um, even fresh diced apple or pear is really nice in a stuffing. So the mix of the, the saltiness of the meat and the sweetness of the um, fruit a small portion. Like, obviously, the main bulk of it is breadcrumbs. Okay. Um, and then some herbs. Herbs to taste, I love. Sage, in moderation, cause it's quite strong. Thyme is always great in stuffing.
0: Okay. Can't go wrong. The ham. Right. The ham in the water, it goes... <laughs> should you coat it in anything? Because I've heard of people coating it in mustard and all sorts of things to get kind of yeah. give it... Once you take it from the, 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 the pot to stick it in the oven for a while to crisp it up. Uh, should you be coating... What should you be coating it in?
1: Definitely. That's called a glaze. And what you do is you boil your ham... We say boil, we mean simmer. Don't boil your ham. It'll be tough. Just low heat, nice and low, simmer it. Whip your ham out. um, Take the outer fat off, you know, the skin side. And then I usually do crisscross with a knife, just diamond shapes with a knife. You can put cloves in to each one, which is lovely for flavour. And then you just make a mix of honey and mustard and maybe a bit of whiskey or something like that, you know, uh, or flavoured mustard. Um, there's lots of simple recipes for a ham glaze and you can also buy your ham glaze but mm. it's so simple to make and mm. then you make sure your ham glaze is cold because it sticks better and then you brush it over the ham and then into the oven and then that colours and the sugar burns quite quickly so just watch your temperature and watch the length of time it's in the oven but it gives you that lovely sweet look or sweet taste and that gorgeous you know, roasted look that you see on a Christmas ham. Okay. Well worth it. Final- it's only 20 minutes in the oven.
0: Finally, I'm going to be doing a bit of roast beef as well. But I always am in a quandary whether roast beef, because when I do roast beef, it never turns out like it does in the local carvery, right? Mine is always tough. So uh, what what am I doing wrong? Now, I cook it in oil, usually a bit of tinfoil over it, and after about an hour, I'll take the tinfoil off it uh, to let it kind of, you know, kind of crisp up a little bit. But uh, should I be doing it in water?
1: Ro- roast beef yeah. in water yeah um, no I, I get you all the roast beef part and actually I can just quickly mention Aldi have a lovely roast with beef it's absolutely gorgeous which I did the other day it'd be lovely for okay is day. that
0: pre-cooked and pre-roasted so no, you don't have to do no. it no what,
1: what I did was I actually put it up on Instagram what, you, what I did was I got my pan out so you would be the same for your regular roast I got my frying pan out big frying pan put the meat in it and uh, just hot oil salt and peppered it and just turned the meat in the pan to brown it nicely. And then I put it in the oven at 200 to get it more browned on the outside and then turn my temperature down to 180. Okay, uh, and let it cook. Now, try the roast rib, by did at 150 and slow cooked it. Yeah, because you want so it, you slow want slow it nice and
0: soft. You want it falling off. You want to be able to yeah. cut the jays thing because I can never yeah. cut it. Yeah, Okay. The
1: recipe for the roast rib of beef definitely works. It went in at 150 and it's a low, slow cook. Right. And it was as pink, it was beautiful in the inside and gorgeously coloured on the outside. You can't go wrong with it. Beef is something simple. I would, I would keep water away from it and I wouldn't tinfoil it first. I, t- I tinfoil later if it looks like it's browning too much. Yeah. But I think that caramelisation on the outside is what you want. Tinfoil only causes steam to build up, which makes it a bit more rubbery. Okay. Now, don't forget your meat thermometer. Um, full cookery lesson here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and finally, the desserts. Okay, so what, I mean, the yeah. traditional dessert is usually a trifle, isn't it? A sherry trifle or whatever yeah. it happens to be. Would you make your own dessert or would you just buy one straight out of Aldi and pretend you made it?
1: <laughs> oh well, I have Christmas pudding already sorted. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm just going to heat it up um, because Christmas pudding's not big in our house, so I actually didn't make one this year. I bought one but because what? yes, the kids are like. Oh, yeah, I I know. my I, my, know. my mother
0: used to make the Christmas. I I buy one every year. And yeah. I, I buy them in different places to hoping I'll get that taste that my mother had from the pudding. She used to make it. I remember she used to uh, put it in greaseproof paper in a bowl, tie it with a bit of string, put it in a pot of boiling water, yeah. leave it there for hours on end. Uh, this is in October. And it was, yeah. it was gorgeous. She would use like one and a half pints of Guinness in it and a Torah suet and raisins and everything yeah. else. And it was yeah. absolutely gorgeous. But I can never, re- I can, no matter where I buy it, I can never get that taste.
1: No, no, the homemade is just, it's different, you know, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. But, but we, You and I would need to start that at Halloween. So yeah. next year, we'll do our pudding together at Halloween. We'll see yeah. how we get on. Okay, we'll okay. do a pudding off. Yeah, pudding <laughs> off. But yeah, but when you were saying about other desserts, I mean, there's lots you can do. You know what's really nice? I saw them in the shops actually at the moment as well, a um, meat tart, something like that as well. If somebody's like, not crazy about pudding, but you're looking for something. But what you could also do is, and it's so simple to do, Niall, you just simply buy some nice flavoured ice cream and get some um, either nice dried fruits or make a compote with frozen berries, you know, with sugar and water or sugar and and cook it down. And you mix that in with the ice cream and put it in a pudding bowl. Right. You soften the ice cream, mix that, put it back in the pudding bowl. I usually put alcohol in as well and maybe a few orange. And then
0: take a few mouthfuls for yourself while you're cooking it. Yeah. Yeah. Line
1: your pudding bowl with cling thumbs and so it's easy to get out and then on Christmas day you can just invert that and you have an ice cream pudding All oh, right, the okay. flavours inside it. And it looks really nice coming to the table for those that don't like the Christmas pudding would you like the look of tradition?
0: Um, is it alright to have a few mouthfuls of the, 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 the alcohol while you're making <laughs> <laughs> who was who was that chef years ago who used to get sozzled while he was on telly while he was Keep making? Keith
1: Floyd, them. wasn't
0: it? Keith Floyd, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'd be off his head. It was like a glass of wine for this, and I'll have a glass while I'm here. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, okay,
1: well, um, look, that's wonderful. Now I put. I put some information up on my website okay. um, just there about sizes of turkeys if anybody's uh, lastminute.com trying to find some information it's there on my website com. and there's uh, a downloadable cookery class as well for Christmas cooking on the website All right, and, um, I think we all need lessons I, I think Year. I need lessons
0: like, Catherine maybe that's I in my that New Year's need, resolution
1: you need to come down to me into Valley Knock and Cooker School now and we'll get the chef's apron on and we'll, we'll yeah we get you cooking, um, and <laughs> this time next year you will be talking about the Christmas dinner. To oh everybody. yeah,
0: I'll be on the telly and the radio telling everyone how to cook it. But listen, I've got to thank you and have a wonderful Christmas, you and your family, Captain. All right, and I appreciate you coming on the air today. Give us uh, a few tips. All right, Happy thank Christmas! you so much. To you. Happy Christmas. Happy to you all. Christmas. Thanks, there you go, Captain Fulvio Bye. from Bali knocking House and Cookery School, and of course Aldi's Christmas brand ambassador as well. <laughs>